the Panhandle News Network. The views and opinions on this station do not necessarily represent the Panhandle News Network, WEPM and WCST, or West Virginia Radio Corporation. Here we go! Welcome to Panhandle Live on WEPM and WCST, the Panhandle News Network. Panhandle Live is brought to you by Sutton and Janelle Attorneys at Law. Visit their new location at 224 West King Street, Martinsburg, and online at suttonandjanelle.com. Here are your hosts, Jordan Nicewarner and Marsha Kavalik. It is Wednesday, June the 1st, and you are tuned into Panhandle Live, brought to you by Sutton & Janelle, full-service law firm serving West Virginia and Maryland, helping individuals, families, businesses with all of their legal needs, family law, criminal defense, DUI, personal injury, mediation. They provide legal counsel tailored to you. You can visit their historic location in downtown Martinsburg at 224 West King Street. You can always find them online at suttonandjanelle.com. I'm Jordan Icewarner. Alongside me is Marsha Kavalik. Marsha, good morning. Hey, good morning. How's it going? Oh, I'm doing all right. Hanging in there, winding down the work week. Is it really? It's only Wednesday. Well, I get Friday off. Oh, that's right. It's someone's birthday. That's right. I'm not sure uh not sure who that could be. I it's it's so cool that the company is now giving us our birthdays off. Oh, it's so, so nice. Next year your birthday needs to be on a Friday too. So you just need that would to be tell perfect. them like you've got progressive just perpetual birthdays. Friday birthdays. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, I think that would work. Well, it's funny because a couple of us here at the station all have June birthdays uh, and pretty close to one another, which I feel like always happens with people working you know, together. Well, I don't know oh. if working together, but I, maybe it's just because I have a June birthday, so I'm more aware of it. But I always feel like everybody's birthdays in June are within like the first two weeks. Okay. But anyways, uh, we had our programming meeting yesterday and our uh, boss, Jared, he was like, yeah, uh, and we got to make sure we have a uh, pizza party for Jason who is one of the other guys here in the station, because his birthday's on the 2nd, is tomorrow. Isn't he off this week? Yeah. Let's eat pizza then. I know. And he was was like, yeah, it's his birthday, so everybody make sure you say a birthday to him. And then the meeting was over, everybody's walking out, and I'm like, well, hey, I'm not going to... Well, I was like, hey, I'm not going to be here on Friday. (laughs) They're like, why? I was like, because it's my birthday. (laughs) Like, can we have food on on Thursday for me? (laughs) Maybe we'll just celebrate, because Maria's birthday's in the middle of the month. Maybe we'll just have... Whatever Maria wants. Absolutely. Yeah. So anyway, anyway, we I love the birthday doings, but it's going to throw us now that everyone can just take the day off. So That's true. And I saw you walking in with a bunch of bags this morning. Does that mean the party planning committee is starting to get... No, man, that was my breakfast. Oh. I didn't eat anything <laughs> before I left home this morning. I was starving. So thanks for outing me. <laughs> that, was that was unintentional. That was very much unintentional. Happy, Anyways. happy breakfast to me. Yeah. <laughs> we do have our first guest in studio. 16th District Senator Hannah Geffert joins us. Welcome in. Good morning. You've made me hungry talking about food. <laughs> I was starving. And yeah, I that was a larger than average tote bag of breakfast. But And you've been around radio enough that uh, we are always thinking about food yeah. all the time. Yes, if you bring us food, we're always happy <laughs> and appreciative. Yeah. We it, and someone from one of our music stations. So Bob Steele has a fan a listener who brings in donuts every week. Mm-hmm. Which day is that? I'll be sure. <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll schedule you for the next have you, have you <laughs> So how's it going? It's going fine. So um, you've gotten through a general session and of course uh, primary season season and the interim uh, over in Morgantown. So you're. 
you know, standard issue senator by now, right? Yes, got it it down. Um, What was interesting about Morgantown is what we heard about is the legislation that will be pending that potentially we're going to take up next year in January. Is that the... The the idea of maybe uh, phasing out the property tax is that or you know was it more general than that? It was lot? much it was much more general than yeah. that. It was all the kinds of things we're going to be hearing. For example, I'm on three different committees, which is well, I'm on more than three, but my three major committees are we all have eighty committees, right? Health, finance, and education, mm-hmm. and so we heard about potential legislation in the next session about those things. Although we did a lot of stuff last session and as a minority a person in the minority, I have to say that you can't really do anything if you're in the minority mm-hmm. because everything has to come through the majority. If the majority caucus doesn't want to hear something, it doesn't get heard. So that's a little frustrating. So how do you kind of get your ideas and your points across through this, you know, sea of, everyone else well you have committees and that's where the work really gets done and we pull apart bills and we say we like this we don't like this we see a problem here that may try and find some common ground right so we try and find common ground there but once it gets to the house it has to have three readings before it gets um approved and by that point pretty much everybody's made their points Mm -hmm. and you'll if you look at the voting records 90 percent of the stuff that comes to the senate floor gets passed because by the time it's come there... Everyone's agreeing because yeah. they're all of like well, mind. We've, we've negotiated it mm-hmm. out. As, mm-hmm. This is the best we're going to get. That's kind of, you know, if you're in such a small minority, that's right. best what you can hope for. Yeah. So you're obviously a Democrat. There's a super majority. Do you feel as though you've been able to bring a different perspective to some of these conversations and, and really be heard? I think so. I think partly because there's so few women. Um, we've been very lucky, actually, the women of the Republicans and Democrats in the House and the Senate, we've gotten together for meals Mm -hmm. and we've really shared our ideas. So that's helped kind of break down. It's just about party. Um, Because basically, if you're living in West Virginia, the real differences aren't necessarily only between Democrats and Republicans. I think the real differences are in regions. And what we see as our needs are totally different than the people downstate. When I say infrastructure, we're talking something completely different than they are in the southern part of the state where they have nothing. Mm-hmm. You know, so you, so obviously you you had kids who did travel sports and that. You've probably seen other parts of the state you know, oh, in, yes. in your years. I've been in Shinsing for the 4th of July. There you go. <laughs> so, but this is a, this is a different you know, perspective whenever you're talking to other lawmakers who are representing. So what are you learning about what's happening in other parts of the state? What is different about them as opposed to us and what they need? Well, first of all, I wouldn't say they're just two different parts of the state. I'd say you could kind of divide us up into five different regions. And I'm really glad, by the way, that our Senate district is now going to be, I mean, yes, our our House district is now going to be with Morgantown because we have a lot more in common Mm -hmm. with Morgantown than we do with Charleston. Right. Um, If you look at Charleston, it's actually kind of sad right now. The Capitol building right around the grounds, they're gorgeous. But if you look at the rest of the town, it's Mm -hmm. a dying town Mm -hmm. like so much 
of the rest of the state because everything's been closed for two years. So all the restaurants have had a really hard time staying open, although there are sections of Charleston that are fine, but there are also sections that are deserted. I think the Eastern Panhandle, we're in a completely different situation because we're growing. Mm-hmm. Um, so when we're talking about infrastructure, we're talking about something very different than they are in the southern part of the state. And also because um, we have to deal with other parts of the state so completely, you know, other states so completely. Mm-hmm. We've got Maryland and Pennsylvania and Virginia. You know, it's it's hard for us to just pretend that we're isolated. We're not. Right. We are part of a megalopolis that really runs from Hagerstown, even maybe to Chambersburg, all the way down to Winchester and further south. So Hannah Gefford is with us, Senator from the 16th District. I know when you were appointed to this position, you were a little hesitant about thinking about maybe making this a you know a, a longer term gig, but you've put your hat in the ring to run for it full time. So with that being said, uh, what would your goals be if you're elected uh, to, to come back for the general session in 2023? Well, I'm I'm running because I want West Virginia to be a place where our children can find good jobs and good wages so that they can raise a family here. You know, it's it's wonderful to have children here and bring them up here, but I also want to have my grandchildren mm-hmm. <laughs> over for Sunday dinners and yeah. things like that. You want that. them to be able to stay. Right. And if if we don't have decent jobs for our, our young people, they're not going to stay here. And we're losing too many of our educated college young people. And even if they stay and they live here, they're working in Maryland. They're mm-hmm. working in Winchester because they can make so much more money by driving 20 more minutes. I right. just read an article, Wallet Hub sends me updates and out of 51 states in the district, West Virginia ranks 50th for millennials for, you know, their interests, what they, you know, what they need from the state. And there was the the big push for bringing people into certain parts like Shepherdstown and different parts of the state uh, with the the high speed internet and things like that. But I feel like that kind of got big for the pandemic. They didn't hear anything much more. Well, it got, it got vetoed by the governor is what happened. The governor wants complete control over where it's going to go and who the contracts are going to go to. So he vetoed the bill, which is, in my mind, was very short-sighted. Yeah. No, I thought that would, would have been a huge kind of recruitment tool for the state. For millennials. Yeah. yeah. I mean, if, if we got good high-speed internet, it would be it would be such a game changer if it was good and dependable because then people could work from anywhere. Right. And we saw what happened during the the midst of the pandemic where people who worked in Baltimore, who worked in Washington, rest in those areas down there, they stayed home and they worked here. Mm -hmm. They could do that. And I had friends that lived in those parts of the country or in D.C. and things like that and then moved out here and still worked remotely at their jobs in Mm -hmm. D.C., but it was cheaper to live out here. Right. It's cheaper and it's nicer. Yeah. No, I think so, too. So if if Hannah Gefford is elected... Uh, and and general session rolls around, what kind of bills might you be sponsoring? Well, one, I would like to see the governor actually do something with um, the internet. We have to have high-speed internet. That's kind of the key to a lot of our... And a lot of money's coming down in that regard, yep. right? Yes, and we don't, we don't want to be like Iowa. You know, Iowa at one point was given a lot of money to do something. They didn't do anything with it, and they returned it. <laughs> we don't want to return yeah, any no. money to D.C. We want that to stay here. Um, but I think we also have to recognize that um, our young people would like to stay here if they can get decent jobs that mm-hmm. will pay a decent wage. And we can't just make all... 
factory jobs. Not that there's anything wrong with factory jobs. They're great jobs. GM, you know, Corning, they were cornerstones. DuPont were corner. Uh, we're a cornerstone of this community for years and years and years, but we can't build for 1950. <laughs> we right. have to build for 2025, more yeah. than 2000. You know, it makes a difference if Absolutely. we're looking ahead or we're looking behind and also realizing that we have a lot of educated young people who would like to stay in this area. But if they don't, if we don't have basic things like broadband, mm-hmm it's impossible for them to work here. And with how this area is kind of turning in slowly but surely into a D.C. suburb at this point, uh, you need those, you know, like you said, I mean, the factory jobs are great and they, you know, employ thousands of people all over the place. And good pay. Absolutely. Uh, But you do need, you know, those tech jobs or, you know, something a little bit different to kind of bring those people back out this way. Well, we have those jobs. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we need the infrastructure so we can them, support yeah. them. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Hannah Gefford is with us. She is the 16th district senator. I wanted to ask you, there are a couple of things uh, being talked about on the national level. Uh, one of them being uh, the, the right to life versus pro-choice, which may get pushed back to the states. And then, of course, gun control in the wake of the tragedy in Texas last week at Robb Elementary. Um, If some of those issues get pushed back to the state to make decisions for a statewide level as far as uh, access to abortion uh, and and access to owning guns, what do you think that's all going to look like? Um, And especially if you're if you're sitting in the Senate at that point, what kinds of conversations will you guys be having? Well, it was very interesting. The only abortion bill that we really, um, the Senate really focused on last time was protection of children with Down syndrome. Um, we did do that. And I think um, the reality is there is no place, to, there's one place in West Virginia to get an abortion, and that's in Charleston. Other than that, if you're up here, our young people, our women go to Hagerstown. So we've really made that decision in this state that we're going to make it difficult for women to gain that kind of access to female health control, their own controlling their own bodies. And I personally, I would not have an abortion. I was challenged with that when I got pregnant at a late state in life. <laughs> um, but I, my view was, God gave me this, I'm going to deal with it. But that was my choice. I chose to do that. And I don't want to it's not, unless I'm going to raise that child and, and pay for it, how is it my um, position to tell you what to do with your body? And I, I laugh at this because people are screaming about, oh, they're making me ma- wear a mask, my body, my choice, to wear a mask as opposed to, mm-hmm. you know, carry a baby to full term. And especially when, we're, you know, some of these states, there's no exception for the life of the mother for incest. You know, that's it's it's there's something fundamentally wrong in making an 11 year old child carry a baby to term when she probably doesn't even know what's happened to her. Mm-hmm. So you said that this really wasn't a conversation that came up except for um, the life of a, a child who might have Down syndrome. Right. We do did you, protect those children. Do you imagine that that might be a conversation that you guys will be bringing this up and you said there are four members of the Senate who are, who are women um, who are not necessarily on the same side of that issue. Gotcha. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, just because you're a woman doesn't mean you're on one side or the other. And then what about, uh, you know, a lot of the conversation right now is about protection in schools and, you know, gun rights and laws and things like that. Do you think any of that's going to be coming down through the pipeline too? 
I think it's hard for it not to. Yeah. Um, but I think mostly what we need to do is strengthening our schools, you know, making sure that the doors are can be locked, that they're safe, that we have if we have a safety person, I'm assuming some kind of police officer or that kind of person on campus, that they understand what their job is. I think part of the problem with what happened out in Texas is that the the responsible person with a gun was not responsible. They were more concerned about their own life. And I think that, you know, this is this is one of my gripes about how we treat our police officers. We ask them to take a bullet for us and we pay them nothing. Mm-hmm. And that's wrong. No. You know, we have to respect them, not just say, oh, you know, thank you for your service. But we have to respect them by making sure that they can have a life with their families here and afford it. I I did have um, I I read one of the um, the folks who is related to the school system. I won't call that person out. But one of the complaints that he had was, um, you know, that the West Virginia delegation uh, lawmakers say West Virginia is flush with cash are, you know, we're our economic pictures looking, you know, Very rosy. Good. Yes, it is. But when a county like Berkeley um, asked the SBA for funding for, you know, increased security at the door at the port uh, points of entry, you know, it, it got, you know, sidelined. Yeah, we're not, the Senate, is, it, in my observation, the Senate's not going to do something for one county or one part of the state and not for the rest. They're going to look for overall for the whole state. How are we going to approach this issue? Is that a conversation that you think will come up? Then? Oh, I, I think it's impossible not to have. Yeah, especially at this point, I think, too. What yeah. do you think is what's the answer? I mean, are we throwing more money at security? Or are we throwing more money at at personnel for security? Well, I wouldn't say throwing more money. I think when you're asking somebody to stand in the way of a weapon that's just not throwing money at it. You're asking somebody to give their life up for somebody else. And unless um, an officer is willing to do that, they're in the wrong business. Absolutely. Again, we're speaking with 16th District Senator Hannah Geffert. Unfortunately, we have to get to our first break, but thank you for joining us on Panhandle Live this morning. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. Stick around for more here on Panhandle Live on WPM and WCST, the Panhandle News Network. From Pawpaw to Harper's Ferry, from Martinsburg to Winchester, it's Panhandle Live. Here are your hosts, Jordan Warner and Marcia Kavalik. Welcome back to Panhandle Live, brought to you by Sutton & Janelle, full-service law firm serving West Virginia and Maryland. You can visit their historic location in downtown Martinsburg at 224 West King Street. You can always find them online at suttonandjanelle.com. I'm Jordan Icewarner. Alongside me is Marcia Kabalik. If you missed it for the break, we had 16th District Senator Hannah Gefford on. It was a very uh, informative conversation with her, so if you've missed any of that, you can listen back to it a little bit later on. But, Marcia, we are into high school baseball championship tournament time here in the state of West Virginia. I'm looking at my little cheat sheet because Jefferson High School is in. That's right. Their game, their first game will be against George Washington. Jefferson, the number one seed in AAA, will be facing off against number four seed George Washington uh, on Friday at 5 p.m. And you can catch that game right here on the Panhandle News Network. We'll be carrying, uh, for the most part, just the Jefferson games as far as they continue on. And, uh, you know, judging as how they've won this whole season, mm-hmm. They have a pretty good chance to go pretty far, but they'll be going against possible buzzsaw uh, in the winner of whoever wins the game between Hurricane and Bridgeport uh, in the semifinal game that will be on Saturday. But they got to get through George Washington first on Friday at five. That's pretty exciting. It is exciting. So how does that work, though? You were a high school athlete. Mm -hmm. So all of these, the seniors have graduated and they just 
keep playing? Well, so in Maryland, they haven't. I don't think school's over in Maryland yet. Ah, okay, so, but, it uh, is here. but the the championships are already done. Mm-hmm. Um, my high school baseball team's never made it through the past the first round. I'm so. sorry, <laughs> I didn't mean to. Dredge fine, up a it's painful fine. Past memory, but fine. I don't think about how we got no hit my senior year <laughs> first round of playoffs. It's fine. I never, I never think about that. Man, I just that. opened right. Wow, <laughs> dug dug a hole. But um, yeah. So yeah. So if you're if you want to hear Jefferson High School and the juggernaut that is Jefferson High School baseball. Oh yeah. Listen in, tune in right here or on PanhandleNewsNetwork.com mm-hmm. or of course Metro, Metro News. News. We'll have it as well. Um, and Friday, hopefully into Saturday, and and baseball's fun to listen to on the radio. I yeah, I am definitely a little biased, being that I'm a baseball freak and uh, and a play by play guy. Yeah, and did baseball radio, but mm-hmm. um, yeah, I, I don't think there is really any anything better than just putting a baseball game on and then mm-hmm. just kind of moving around the house or Doing just driving stuff, around yeah. and mm-hmm. you just ha- kind of have it on. I love it. Right. Not an Orioles fan, but I'll sit here if again if it's a midday game and sit here and listen to the game. Because baseball is baseball. Baseball is baseball. And the Orioles, um, well, one, the Orioles are playing pretty good, which I had to check not myself. Re- not very recently. Well, like, in like the, yesterday. In the overall scheme yeah. of Orioles-ness, they're okay. doing pretty good. And I had to check myself the other day because I usually just will turn the game on the radio Orioles game just to make sure because we're in affiliate we're playing of course it. just make sure everything's but you're, going well okay, to be honest let everyone know you're a Nats fan yeah I'm a Nats, Nationals fan through and through but uh, you know I just would I'll pop it on just uh-huh. make sure everything's running fine just right. check up on things uh and usually it's just strictly to make sure there's audio I can just hear business it. you're not gonna let your heart get invested in this but the other day I got on my phone and was just curious about how the Orioles game was going score wise and as I was doing that it popped up I, I like took a step back I was like what are you doing like right? why do you care did you feel like someone <laughs> from the Nationals was gonna call you and say um we saw you doing that I immediately put on a Nationals podcast <laughs> just to cleanse yourself yep. I literally immediately and I was like okay we're back I had to get back to a neutral unbelievable unbelievable but uh, there is a national or er, Nationals game there is an Orioles game today. Is there now? Does yep. it hurt to say that? Yep, there's an <laughs> Orioles game today. 7.05, the uh, Mariners will be in Baltimore, so you can catch that game right here uh, at 7.05 for per- first pitch. And then, of course, uh, on Friday at 5 o'clock, we will be uh, covering the Jefferson and George Washington first round. Well, not first round, but game one between Washington and Jefferson in the WVSSAC 2022 High School Baseball Championship Tournament. That is so cool that we can bring that to folks. Yeah, that is very cool. And, of course, the Metro News guys always do a great job. And make sure you stay up on our uh, WEPM and WCST Facebook page for updates on all of that stuff. But we have to get to the bottom of the hour break. We'll be back for more Panhandle Live on WEPM and WCST, the Panhandle News Network. It's Panhandle Live, part of the Panhandle story for 75 years with hosts Jordan Nicewarner and Marsha Kavalik. Welcome back to Panhandle Live, brought to you by Sutton & Janelle, full-service law firm serving us Virginia and Maryland, helping individuals, families, businesses with all of their legal needs, family law, criminal defense, DUI, personal injury, mediation. They provide legal counsel tailored to you. You can visit their historic location in downtown Martinsburg at 224 West King Street. You can always find them online at suttonandjanelle.com. Jordan Ice Warner alongside me is Marsh Kavalik. And Marsha, with it finally, finally being summertime, mm-hmm. uh, that means a lot of us, and I know you and I, 
especially you and your husband, especially, are going to be out here in these uh, local parks and more specifically Mm -hmm. Jefferson County parks. Oh, yeah. Because they're always doing something at those places. He's wearing that soccer field out all year long. Well, there's always (laughs) people with, especially uh, down at San Michael's, that's for sure. But Mm -hmm. I take the dog down to San Michael's Dog Park. Mm -hmm. uh, But that's not the only park that's in Jefferson County. And here to talk about all of the Jefferson County Parks and Recreations, it's director Jennifer Myers. Jennifer, good morning. Good morning. How are you guys? We're good. good. So I, I saw the event uh, with the wood shutters and I was like, oh, I haven't haven't talked to Jennifer for a while. So thank you for uh, Spur of the Moment coming on. Let's talk about the AMP. Let's talk about the wood shutters and the event that's happening tomorrow. Yeah. So um, we actually kicked off our summer concert series last Thursday. How'd it go? Um, it, was, it was fantastic. So, you know, we had a great, I think, great crowd for the first first one out, um, especially with kind of being the last, you know, the last day of school was Friday and we had our first concert Thursday night. So, um, you know, it was, it was kind of fun to see all the kids out. They'd already, they'd already written off school for the rest of the year, I think at that point. So, <laughs> yeah, they, they all came out and had a great time, you know, dancing. It's so, so great to see all the kids, you know, down in front of the stage and dancing and having a good time and, and just enjoying the music. So that was really cool. Um, so this week um, is week two of the Levitt Amp um, Shenandoah Junction Music Series, and we have the Wood Shutters. So you know, I think they're a, a local and regional favorite. So we're really excited to um, to bring them out to the amphitheater. Um, they performed at the amphitheater. I think I think it's been three years ago. So we have not seen them on the stage for three years. Um, so it's it's pretty pretty exciting to bring them back. They're always a good time. So I was looking at the at the uh, event information. The Wood Shutters, an indie roots band, uh, boasting four all original studio albums and performances at hundreds. It says hundreds of festivals and shows. So that's that's pretty cool. Hmm. Yeah, they play a lot of um, a lot of like I said. I think pretty. They think they tour pretty regionally. Um, maybe even a little bit you know further out than that. But. Um, just a, a fun, nice music, you know, and I think um, they throw a little bit of bluegrass kind of in there. So I think it's a real, a real great fit for, for Jefferson County and really for the Eastern Panhandle in general. Um, you you know, um, play on the stage. a lot of us um, can remember in the 90s, you know, one of the big draws regionally was uh, Wolf Trap, where you could go sit on the lawn. And this reminds me of that because you've got food vendors, but you can bring a picnic because, you know, you're you're out in the in the in the lawn area watching this great um, performance at the amp uh, it it gives you a lot more freedom right it does we um, we've got a great space um, you know and there's plenty of plenty of room for people to you know spread out as much as they want um, you know we encourage people to bring chairs and blankets and um, you know you can kind of pick your spot and hang out for the evening and we've got Taste of Grease um, is a food vendor that's out here. We've also got Kona Ice and Scoop Dog Ice Cream. So Ooh. there's something for everyone. Um, and, you know, a lot of a lot of people come out for dinner, which is which is really fantastic to kind of give back to the community, especially the food trucks, you know, that are, that are local to our area. Um, but we also have a lot of people that, you know, bring in, you know, bring in other other food. They either pack a picnic dinner or they run mm-hmm. through and, you know, get a pizza on the way out or, or whatever it is. So... You know, people can do whatever they're comfortable with. Um, you know, I think almost everyone ends up with an ice cream or a cone of ice by the end of the night. But, um, you know, it's just it's just a family fun. And that's really what this series is all about for us. And it's free. It is. Yeah, we, um, we received a grant from the Mortimer and Mimi Levitt Foundation. Um, so it was a $25,000 grant, um, which we matched to be able to offer this 10-week free series. So there's not a cost to any 
anyone to come out. Um, we accept donations at the gate if anyone wants to leave a donation to help go toward, you know, next year's series. Um, you know, we appreciate that, but, you know, no one has to. Um, it's, you know, we really want to encourage anyone and everyone to come out. You know, this, this series isn't just for people that live near St. Michael's Park. You know, this series is really for everyone, um, you know, in Jefferson County, um, you know, as well as the Eastern Panhandle. Like I said, we've got, you know, people that come down from Berkeley County to hear music. Um, we also have people that come from across the bridges um, mm-hmm. to hear the bands as well. So, um, you know, I think it's a... It's a nice draw for, for the entire area. Here we're speaking with Jefferson County Parks and Recreation Director Jennifer Myers. Now, I'm looking through your Facebook page, and I was scrolling down. I came across this uh, little ad that I know for a fact my youngest nephew will be all for, and it's called the Superhero Training Camp. Oh, now, so this cool. is amongst <laughs> other amazing things that you're doing for the youngsters, like a summer gymnastics class and different things. But uh, the Superhero Training Camp sounds pretty cool, and it's happening July 11th through the 15th, ages 9 to 12. So maybe my youngest nephew can't get in this one. But uh, how important are these, you know, kids specific uh, camps and classes, especially for Jefferson County Parks and Rec? So it's, you know, it's huge for us. We rely heavily on programming to help fund our department. So we really try to, you know, offer as much as we can to help the community. Um, I know that this year we've had an outpouring of requests for camps. Um, you know, people are definitely looking for things for their kids to do. Um, much like me, you know, my, my kids are actually here um, at the park today with me, but, you know, they're your mother they three. Play around <laughs> on iPads, you know, iPads all the time. And I'm like, get off the iPads, go do something fun. So I think a lot of people are in that position where they want their kids to be, you know, active and not kind of lay around on the couch all summer. <laughs> yeah. um, so we've, we've kind of added a lot of these half-day camps to give parents that option where they can bring their kids out for a morning class or an afternoon camp. So they're not necessarily, you know, here all day. But we do have all-day options as well. So people that are looking for something for their kids to do, you know, between 8 and 5, we have day counts for, the, for them as well. Yeah, and it's neat um, as I keep looking through. I mean, I've, I'm used to always seeing, like, sports camps, like baseball mm-hmm. camp, basketball camp, things like that. But I'm looking here, and you have uh, kids coding boot camp, Minecraft creators camps. I mean, things that you'd never, that I would never think of, but that would be perfect for kids, especially nowadays. Yeah, and this year we're also offering, um, we have a Lego engineering camp. Oh, that's that so sounds cool. cool. How, so what's the upper age limit on that one? So, <laughs> Is it 30 by any chance? Like, We should absolutely add an adult one. That's a great idea. Um, but those actually filled up. We had two offerings, and they filled up within um, 24 hours of being posted. Wow. wow. So we've so- actually um, added two more, um, and I think that we actually might be adding more of those as well. Um, so that has been a huge hit this year with the Lego engineering stuff. Um, of course, Minecraft kids love that. Um, but it, you know, it helps prepare them and, you know, they're learning coding and learning how to do things. So we're pretty excited about all this, um, all those classes we're going to be able to bring on this summer. Um, actually for the first time, um, we had a donation of some computers that allowed us to do that. Um, and then, um, kind of great instructor who's going to come in and, and offer, you know, those kind of classes all summer. So, um, it's going to be a lot of fun. We've got a lot of fun things happening. I'm sure you uh, are open to the idea if there's someone in the community who has a special skill set to, to come in and get a program started like that, too. And th- some of these, I would never have thought to make a summer camp out of Minecraft. Nope. But but I'm sure that's huge. Yeah, it is. Um, I mean, I think, like I so said, we probably have 10 or 12 kids sign up for that camp right now. Um, 
you know, and I think our max is usually about 15. So we've got, you know, a lot of things like that going. But, you know, we've got like a Harry Potter camp um, where the kids, you know, play and, and do all, all things Harry Potter. We've got Pokemon oh. camp. So many cool I mean, camps really... nowadays. Yeah, I, I think eight-year-old Jordan is <laughs> jealous. I, I wish jealous. you had that when you were I am jealous. a kid. Again, we've been speaking with Jefferson County Parks and Recreation Director Jennifer Myers. Unfortunately, we have to get to our last break of the hour, but thank you for joining us this morning on Panhandle Live. Ah, thanks for having me. It's nice talking to you. Absolutely. Take care. Again, Jennifer Myers from Jefferson County Parks and Recreation. <laughs> so many cool camps yeah. that they're doing. I mean, just scrolling through their Jefferson County Parks and Recreation Commission Facebook page. And then, I mean, not just for the kids. I mean, there's adult oh, there's Pilates, Pilates classes. I mean, it <laughs> happened. Those are Thursdays starting next week uh, at 530. Five weeks is only 60 bucks. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's not, that's not bad at all. There's uh, boot camps. There's yoga classes. There's, of course, the uh, concert series at the AMP. I mean, Jefferson County Parks and Rec, they're doing everything for everybody this summer. That's very cool, cool stuff. Plus, I didn't get to, uh, to talk to her about the the leagues, like the rec leagues. Oh yeah, and I'm I mean, sure they'll be, um, you know, revving up for the, for the fall as well. So we'll just have to get your husband on talk. He can be the spokesperson for that. <laughs> for the for the old guy yeah, soccer for the adult league yeah, soccer. I'm gonna get myself in trouble. <laughs> I need to stop talking. That's uh, okay. <laughs> but see, that's just some of the great things that you can do uh, with bunch. Jefferson County that's Parks cute. and Rec. Yeah, absolutely. So you've been saying that conversation with Jennifer Myers, director, Jefferson County Parks and Recreation. You can listen back to that a little bit later on today on our Panhandle Live Facebook and Spotify uh, pages. Did, were you a summer camp goer when you no, were a kid? No, a- any I, kind I, of them? I rode my bike all summer. <gasps> I rode my bike or, or helped around the house with because we had animals. And well, and you were like right that, next so. to a huge park anyway. Right, so, right, you, so yeah, every day getting out on your bike was like going to summer camp. Right. I used to love uh, going to basketball camps and su- summer basketball camps mm-hmm. when I was a kid. They were so much fun. I used to love going. I used to go to the one in Goretti, Goretti mm-hmm. uh, School, uh, St. James School. I used to go to that one. And I used to love it when uh, it would be so, so hot. You'd just be doing something outside or you'd just been in the gym all day and you'd roll out and they'd have the ice cold. And it was, and I, if it was the purple Gatorade, oh. it was the greatest day in the world. <laughs> It'd be ice cold. It'd be mm-hmm. sugary. Uh-huh. Oh. Did they do the the like ice pops? You know what I'm talking about? The little oh yeah, the stick ones. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think so. I think you could have bought them at like the concession mm-hmm. stand or whatever. But those are like full, just pure sugar. They're so good though. <laughs> I'd be lying to you if I told you as an adult I didn't have one of those a whole thing of those in my freezer yeah. right now. Absolutely, they're a great snack. They're a great snack. But anyways, we got to get to this last break. We'll be back with more Panhandle Live on WPM and WCST, the Panhandle News Network. Welcome back to Panhandle Live. Here are your hosts, Jordan Nicewarner and Marcia Kabalik. Welcome back to Panhandle Live, brought to you by Sutton & Janelle, full-service law firm serving West Virginia and Maryland, having individuals, families, businesses with all of their legal needs, family law, criminal defense, DUI, personal injury, mediation. They provide legal counsel tailored to you. You can visit their historic location in downtown Martinsburg at 224 West King Street. You can always find them online at SuttonAndJanelle.com. I'm Jordan Warner. Alongside me is Marsh Kavalik. You know, I was thinking, well, I'm just 
as I was reading that, I was thinking about you saying uh, that you didn't go to summer camps because mm-hmm. you rode your bike around town all day. Well, around my, my around, yard. We yeah. had a big yard. But I was thinking, <laughs> when do you think the last... Because like when I'm over at my like sister's place, mm-hmm. and they live in a like a nice neighborhood where kids ride their bikes around and stuff, but you never like see a bunch of bikes at one house like you used to back in the Aww. day, you know? So when do you think that kind of stopped? When video games started becoming like oh, a thing? Oh, sure. Because yeah. that's what we used to do when I was a kid. We'd fly all over Hagerstown, probably more over Hagerstown than our parents would like to know mm-hmm. about. But and then we that's all we do all day. But you can still play video games with your friends, but you're in your house and right. that friend is in his house. Right. And so you're not getting that FaceTime. You know, yeah. it's a little sad. You do you know, even the director of parks and rec in Jefferson County is like, I had to tell my kids we're not spending the yeah. whole summer on the couch, you know, watching <laughs> somebody that's at a park literally every day. Yeah. Yeah, so I mean, th- think about. that makes I think that gives the rest of us hope that you know, like, yeah. okay, this is a struggle that we that we all have. But yeah, it is a little sad that yeah, um, that's something to think about. Yeah. Although Dang. I do think the pandemic did change a lot of that because people were forced to be inside, right? And then like, yeah, let me get out of here, mm-hmm. type of thing. Yeah. Very, very, uh, yeah, something to think about. And also, uh, with Jefferson County Parks and Rec- Recreation, you do not have to be a Jefferson County resident to go to partake in mm-hmm. any of the um, activities. Thank, thanks to our listener for right. the question. Whether that, that is adult or child, you mm-hmm. don't have to be a Jefferson County resident. And I, I think they're open to suggestions. You know, she mentioned that, yeah. you know, they got a donation of some computers. So if there's something that you want to see in an upcoming camp, and um, they were such a huge help um, to the community during the pandemic, um, having some of that programming it's it's awesome mm-hmm. to have that um, outlet because the walls close in if you know your kids are stuck at home doing virtual learning and absolutely you know. um, another event that is happening right now at one thirty nine West King Street. So uh, we were going to have Z on this week, but um, she's I guess she's just so busy she didn't get a chance to really um, to to be on. But the People of Worth Market Grand Opening is happening right now till eleven a.m. Uh, it's at 139 West King Street, and I'll, I'll just read from the event page. Are you or someone you know in need of food but can't afford it? Look no further. People of Worth, People of Worth Market will be having a grand opening June 1st, 9 to 11. Everyone is welcome to come stop for free food. Please fill out a quick two-minute application on our website to pre-register or come in and fill out a paper application if you do plan on coming out to shop. Please keep in mind to bring bags or boxes with you to take your food out. So Absolutely. And say so I'm looking at the People of Worth Market Facebook page. Uh, and this was from May 6th. The mm-hmm. video I'm seeing is from May 6th. And it looked like it was already, I mean, they got the aisles up and they got shelves getting stocked up. And that is, I mean, that's huge for any mm-hmm. downtown, any community to have something like this. Right. And, and especially now that grocery prices have just shot up have you noticed that and the the things that you normally buy that it's just so much more i already have hard enough time going to the grocery store and justifying to myself spending the money on some of it Mm -hmm. let alone now it makes it very easy just be like "Eh, no not gonna do that yeah but this is critical i think for people i was i was telling you i went to get something from um from a shop when i was visiting my mom is like a a little uh, bottle of cran great cran raspberry Mm -hmm. that's what Mm -hmm. it was and one of them was priced at a dollar and the other a dollar nineteen. And when I took them to the register, the lady's like, This is how much they are right now. This is how much it costs us. So we have to charge that. So it was a twenty percent increase in the price. And it doesn't look like there's any sign of it slowing down. 
Right. Unfortunately. So, um, you know, the people of Worth Market, more needed than ever. Of course, we have some great community partners, the backpack programs, uh, community combined ministries and their kids power packs. And of course, loaves and fishes that do this kind of work as well. But how neat is it to just be able to go into a grocery store and you're a person who, you know, has some needs and you yeah. and, and you don't have to worry about how you're going to pay for it. Yeah, it's super cool. Super cool. Very cool addition uh, to downtown, that is for sure. And speaking of additions to downtown, uh, City Hall is no longer <laughs> downtown for the time being. For the time From being. The thir- I think it's the third it starts. They're, mm-hmm. they're moving the third um, and so they're they're really not going to be conducting much business from the third through the tenth, right. I believe it is. And then whenever they have everyone back in, yeah, you can actually look up that that story. It's got the actual right dates, but um, and that's on PanhandleNewsNetwork.com. Yep. Um, the but, the blueprints or what do you want to call them? Spec images, whatever mm-hmm. of what specs. is you can say like your yeah of specs. what it's of what the new city hall is going to look like. It it's going to look pretty cool downtown. That's going to be a pretty interesting uh, little section. Um, so they're changing the facade too. Like, yeah, it looks like they're going to have a bigger. So if you can picture City Hall in mm-hmm. your head, they're going to have a bigger opening on like the second floor with looks like a little terrace and it's glassed in that you can people. There's going to be offices, I'm sure, a little like meeting area or something around there. Doesn't look like it's going to change too 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 much, but it's definitely going to look a lot more modern and kind of with the times, if you will. Okay, so City Hall closed for biz- walk-in business June 3rd through the 10th. City Hall will resume normal walk-in hours Monday, June 13th at their new location, Viking Way. There you go. So uh, after June 3rd, if you're trying to pay an electric bill or water bill, don't go downtown. Right. Because you will find a locked door, that is for sure. But anyways, miss any of the show today, you can listen back to it a little bit later on on our Panhandle Live Facebook and Spotify page. We've got things started with 16th District Senator Hannah Gefford. We're talking a little WVSSAC baseball. We had Jefferson County Parks and Rec Director Jennifer Myers on. All kinds of stuff. So if you missed it, listen back to it a little bit later on. But for Marsh Kavalik, I'm Jordan Nice Warner. It's been Panhandle Live on WPM and WCST, the Panhandle News Network. Have a good one. We will talk to you tomorrow. T. Berkeley Springs, a WVRC media station. We're proud to live here too.